an old friend is coming home for a long-awaited reunion in February. Pat and I are going to discuss that, plus the Penguins' big win over the Los Angeles Kings for this edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am one of your hosts, Hunter Hodes. You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Joined by my co-host, Patrick Damp. You can follow him on Twitter at Synonym for Wet. And you can follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. And today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. So we have a massive show planned for you all today. I figured today going into it, we're just going to talk about that big Penguins win on Thursday night, set you all up for that game against the Sabres on Saturday. We're still going to do those two things, but we have some breaking news to start off today's show. The Penguins are officially bringing home Yarmir Yager on February 18th to retire his number He will only be the third player to ever have his number retired in the Penguins franchise history, joining Mario Lemieux and, of course, the late Michel Briere. This is something that is long overdue considering his success with the Pittsburgh Penguins, top four player in this franchise's history and his top five in basically every major category, Pat. I mean, 806 games played, 439 goals, 640 assists, 1,079 points, 320 of those goals are even strength goals, just a tremendous player. It's crazy that he continues to play despite how old he is, but I'm so happy that this is going to be happening in just a few months. PBG Paints Arena is going to be a madhouse for that game. He's going to get an ovation that I don't think he's ever received before, and I really hope for this game. He comes down on the ice, and Mario Lemieux is right there with him to shake his hand watching that jersey go up into the rafters. It's going to be quite the scene if that happens. But when you first saw the news, what was going through your mind? Listen, we may run long on this opening segment because I know we're supposed to kind of be somewhat serious analysts of this team for this show. But I can't do that today. I can't just be an analyst. I have to be a fan because I would not love the game of hockey as much as I do without the likes of Mario Lemieux and Yaramir Yager. And if if Mario Lemieux, and he is the most important figure in this franchise's history, Yaramir Yager is number two. And it's not as big of a gap as people would think. Yes, Mario Lemieux gets credited with saving the franchise as a player and then saving it again as an owner. Yarmir Yager saved this team multiple times as a player. And I'm really happy that we have, as a fan base, come to understand how much he means to this franchise because there was a time, and I was right there with everybody, where he was not well-liked anymore, where everybody hated him. 
And then with, and I understand, I understood it in 2012. Because I remember it, man. I mean, I heard all the booze when he came back to Pittsburgh and was a member of the Flyers. The crowd couldn't stand him. And I know I was someone that wasn't alive for his heyday, you know, back in the early 90s. Heck, I was only a year and a half, too, when he saved the franchise in 1999 against the New Jersey Devils. But I know the impact that he made on this franchise. I've went back and watched full games of him to see the dazzling skill that he would put on display every single night. My mom would tell me stories about her watching Yarmir Rager do his thing in the early 90s with Mario Lemieux. And when he got booed during that time, Pat, when he signed with the Flyers, because it looked like he was going to come home to the Penguins and have that reunion, didn't happen. It rocked me, but it especially rocked me when he got booed because I'm like, man, this is what people think about him after everything that went happened, but that's all going to be left out the window when he has his day in February. He is going to get one hell of an ovation. And listen, Lemieux deserves all the credit as yes. he gets, but he do- Lemieux doesn't get the chance, like more than likely, to buy the Pittsburgh Penguins if not for Yarmir Yager's performance in 1999 against the New Jersey Devils. And for those like you, Hunter, who may not have been old enough to appreciate this, 1999 is height of the devil's power. This is when they are arguably one of the best hockey teams ever in this era. And they dominated. And it all started with Martin Brodeur being in his prime and being the best goalie on earth. And them having Scott Stevens, one of the best defensemen on earth who could knock you into the eighth row. But the Penguins go into 1999 in dire financial straits. And if they don't get gate revenue from the 1999 playoffs, chances are they go bankrupt, they get sold, and they're not in Pittsburgh anymore. And they don't get sold to Mario Lemieux. They get sold to some other outside investor who wants to take a team to Kansas City or put another team in Canada or something like that. And then through a debilitating and I mean debilitating groin injury. Yager comes back to help this team win games six and seven and upset the Devils, which, to put it in perspective, this was the Penguins right before they got, like, not right before, right as they were getting gutted post Lemieux. Everybody getting sold off because they can't afford them except for Yager. And somehow, almost single-handedly, with the help of Mart, uh, Marty Straka, Yager scores and puts up assists, and they beat the Herculean Devils in round one. And sure, they go on to lose in round two to the Maple Leafs, but with the team in the city rallying around that team and that player in 1999, it opens the door for the bankruptcy court to say, okay, this town loves this team, and with the amount of money they owe Mario Lemieux, we're just going to turn that into equity and Mario Lemieux is going to become the owner of the team. And none of that happens without Yarmir Yager. None of it. I could go back and watch so many Yager highlights, but the one that always stands out to me as my favorite is what he did in 99 against the Devils in Game 6 and Game 7. The way he just put the team on his back for those final two games because it looked like the Penguins were going to get eliminated. And I just remember the Civic Arena going absolutely crazy after both of those games, I could watch those highlights every single day. If I could, again, I love so many of Yager's highlights as a member of the Penguins, but if you were telling me to pick 
one to put on, it's those final two games, man. And I'll say this, that day in February, it's not for you, Howard Baldwin. Get out. If you if you even think about coming to PPG Paints <laughs> Arena, I hope someone escorts you off that property. That day is not for you. <laughs> if I have to pick my favorite Yarmir Yager moment, it is from young Double J. And it's the 1992 Stanley Cup final, game one, where the Penguins come back from a big deficit. And this is... This is the 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 start of the dead puck era. This is the start of the clutch and grab era. This is when a guy has the puck and you can bear hug him kind of era. But he comes off the boards and beats four people to the back to the front of the net and puts a backhand past Ed Belfour. And oh my God, the Penguins yep. had no business winning that game. And Yager ties it. Lemieux wins it. And Everybody remembers the Mike Lang call from the Lemugo where he leans back and says, you would have to be here to believe it. Yeah. It There will never be, no matter what happens in the history of this franchise, there will never be a moment where the Penguins crowd is louder than when those two scored against Chicago in the 1992 final. And it's just the perfect encapsulation of a Yarmir Yager goal because he just puts together pure strength and power with absolute grace beats guys with his lower body and then scores an insane goal to give the penguins a tie and a chance to go up one nothing in the stanley cup final and again i cannot stress enough how if it wasn't for those two especially yager i would not love hockey as much as i do today it's funny you come from that generation and you say that I can say the same for Sid and Chino with how I've grown up during this generation. And I definitely would not love this sport as much if it weren't for them. But obviously I have such a great appreciation for 66 and 68, even though I wasn't alive for their heydays, obviously I have such a great appreciation. And speaking of that goal that you brought up, I mean, my mom has told me that story countless times with where she was. I texted her the news today. She called me five seconds later, basically screaming because she, absolutely loves Yarmir Yarger. She was, that's one of the biggest reasons why she's a, a fan of the franchise today, but he's going to have his night. It's going to be such a spectacle. I can't wait to be there for it. I'm sure you're going to try to be there for it too, Pat, but just a great day for this franchise, but that'll do it for this first segment coming up in the second segment. Oh yeah. The Penguins played on Thursday night and they got a big win over the Los Angeles Kings and sweeping the California road trip. Pat and I could discuss that game plus what it means for the Penguins going forward. But before we get to that, we got to tell you all about Parkview Advance. As a business owner, you realize there are times when receivables might fall behind, but that doesn't mean you need to fall behind on vendor payments, payroll, or rent. For more than 25 years, Parkview Advance has helped businesses secure working capital from 5,000 to 1.5 million. Parkview Advance can improve your working capital in as little as 24 hours. It's a much easier process than you might imagine. We invite the many entrepreneurs that are locked on NHL fans to learn more by calling them at 203-675-0071 or go to parkviewadvance.com. One more time, 203-675-0071. If your business needs working capital, call Parkview Advance today. That's Parkview Advance helping businesses with their working capital. Again, one more time, go to parkviewadvance.com. And 
we're not done. We still got to tell you all about Collective. If you run a solo small business, you're an army of one, but you still need a CPA, bookkeeper, separate payroll solution, and so much more. Let Collective take care of the paperwork while you take care of your business. Collective is the number one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, and self-employed entrepreneurs that helps you focus on your passion, not your paperwork. Collective knows that if your business of one makes over 80,000 a year, you will find the most value from their services. Join the thousands of entrepreneurs who have saved an average of 10,000 per year on taxes with their structure. And right now, Collective is offering a one month free and no onboarding fee when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. That's a $550 value for free when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. That's collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. All right, we're back here on this edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm Hunter Hodes, joined by my co-host, Patrick Dam. So, Penguins 4, Kings 3 on Thursday night. A beautiful win from this hockey team. They sweep the California road trip for the first time since the 1996-1997. And I absolutely loved everything about this one. Were the Penguins outplayed? Yes, they were out-attempted at 5-on-5. They were out-chanced. The Kings had 30 scoring chances for 14 scoring chances against. They had a better expected goals rate, but the Penguins still found a way. We've seen numerous times already this season and going back the last several seasons where the Penguins have badly outplayed opponents, but they haven't gotten a result. Well, the opposite happened here where they were outplayed, but they got the result because A, they got good goaltending from Magnus Helberg, and B, they were able to finish their chances and also not have a goalie play like God against them. I thought Phoenix Copley wasn't that good in this one. And when you get both those things, boom, you sometimes get a win that you may not fully deserve. I will say though, I don't think the Penguins were blown off the ice in this one. In a lot of ways, they deserved to win this game, especially defensively, because the Kings only had seven high danger chances at five on five in this game. The Penguins, again, did a pretty solid job of keeping the Kings to the outside and not allowing the prime scoring chances. Like, for example, they did a great job in the Ducks game and in the Sharks game. And overall, this was a massive win for this team. And we said it for the preview. This has a chance to be a momentum shifter heading into the game against the Sabres. The Penguins could get a big winning streak potentially out of this if things continue the way that they have been throughout this road trip. That They have saved their season so far with this trip. This is big. It's very big. And you can't discount sweeping the California road trip just because it's rare that it happens. I know everybody's like, oh, it's the first time they've done it since 96, 97. It's no matter how good your team is, it's really hard to to sweep the California road trip, especially if you're an East Coast team, just because you're out there for five, six days. You have to deal with the time switch. You have to do a lot of traveling. And eventually by that third game, you just you run out of juice. And you're right. This could be a big chance for them to go on a little bit of a run here and string together a few wins and climb their way out of the basement because right now all of a sudden they're two points out of a playoff spot after getting all three of these wins. So they go from the basement to right back in the mix. And I agree with you watching the condensed game this morning. uh, I I took a look at it, watched, watched back most of the game. They did a great job of making Helberg's job easy. Nine seventeen save percentage didn't give up anything egregious. Didn't look terrible. They were good chances by LA I, w- I would say maybe one or two of them you'd like to have them, but 
at the same time, they weren't horrible. It wasn't, you know, the kind of goal that makes you pull your phone out and tweet and make a save. But at the same time, I think the opposite finally happened for the Penguins, where they had a goalie against them play horribly. I, Phoenix Copley puts up an 800 save percentage last night. That's the, and he gave up one other goal that got led that got disallowed because of a very obvious offsides. But end of the day, the puck still got past him. So, lastly, the the main takeaway for me is that this team needed a win like this. They needed a win where maybe they weren't at their top, maybe they weren't the better team all night long, but they still came away with two points. Because that's the kind of confidence-building, momentum-building win that good teams get. As a coach I had for years always said, great teams find ways to win even when they don't play their best. And they beat a very good Kings team in this one. When I was watching this, and of course I stayed up till 1, 1 1.15 in the morning doing it, even though I worked my full-time job at 9 a.m. the next day, I was watching the Kings and I'm like, this looks like a bona fide Stanley Cup contender. They are very deep. Defensively, they're strong. And even though Phoenix Copley didn't have that good of a game, this is still a very good Kings team that the Penguins beat, even though they weren't at their A level. I would say maybe the Penguins were at their B, B minus level. I mean, maybe that's even being generous. They could have, they honestly played a little worse than that, you could argue, but they were still able to find a way to win. And we'll get to some individual performances now that really stood out to me, starting with Sidney Crosby. I mean, what a game from him. Got things started. With that one nothing goal, the wraparound was just a thing of beauty. And then his pass, Pat, to Jake Gensel for that lead in the third period, 3-2 before the Kings tied a little later on, was just awesome. And I loved everything about that sequence, honestly. Well, it started with Eric Carlson and Quentin Byfield having a nice little race to the puck in the corner. And Byfield, I was really impressed with him in this game. It looked like for a that while. That kid's good. That kid he, is really good. I didn't know if he was going to pan out to where he was picked that high in the NHL draft, but he has been really good to start this season. It was a really fun puck battle between him and Carlson. The Penguins are able to win it thanks to Marcus Pedersen. Gets it to Jake Gensel, gets it back to Carlson. He starts the rush up the ice into the neutral zone, into the red line, drops the puck to Sidney Crosby, and then the way he's able to thread that puck to Jake Gensel with little to no space, it's gorgeous. It was one heck of a pass, and Sid just makes it look so easy. I feel like most players in the NHL wouldn't be able to do that, but he still made it look so easy. What a game from the captain. And I'll also shout out Eric Carlson too. He led the Penguins in average game score. He made that rush happen as well. Both players, especially Crosby here, were just tremendous in this game. That Gensel goal sequence was just absolutely, it's what we dreamed of when we got Eric Carlson this yeah. summer. It was absolutely what we thought was coming. And it's nice to see that finally manifest itself. The other thing on the on the Crosby wraparound goal, everybody's going to focus on the wraparound part of it, which is worth all the flowers it's getting. But that goal is indicative of when Crosby's at his best because it wasn't the goal itself. It was everything that happened before it. He swoops in. He steals a puck. He completely wrecks L.A.'s breakout and surprises the goalie with a great move. And that's when Sidney Crosby's at his best, when he is reading the game better than anybody else. He knew that pass was coming. He knew how to steal it, and he knew exactly where Phoenix Copley was going to be as a goaltender and knew he could score on the wraparound. So that is the most encouraging sign to me because we've been saying it all week long that it looks like Sidney Crosby's about to have a breakout and, and get back to 
Sidney Crosby level and damned if he didn't last night. I, I also, I, I got to talk about, about Lars Eller, man. I was, he that was going to be my next thing. Go ahead. He started this year slow and, and I was right there with you in the whole, like, I don't know if this guy's got what it takes or if he should be the, the third line center. He might be a little past his prime, might be washed. It maybe maybe he cools off again and goes right back to that. But right now, uh, the shorthanded goal is a thing of beauty, just an absolute snipe. He dumped both Kevin Fiala and Drew Doughty. He 1v1 Drew Doughty there, and Kevin Fiala was coming back, cuts to the inside, fires it past Copley. I tweeted this. It's time for Drew Doughty and both Kevin Fiala to go be family men after that because he just dusted them. Listen, that as much as as much as I want to dunk on those two, I just got to give Eller his flowers because that's a veteran savvy shorthanded goal. Right, goal. because because a, a guy who's who's playing well, who's feeling himself makes those plays. If you're not in that headspace and you're not having that kind of momentum as a player, you're just putting that puck deep into the corner and just retreating back to the PK. He knew he had the momentum, he knew he had the move, he knew he had the the territorial advantage to score that goal and he took it and that's a huge moment for both him the pk the third line and the team in general i think this was his best game as a penguin i still think eller works best as like your fourth line center i still think they could use an upgrade there but i will say this as well he is continuing to make me eat some bit of crow with how impactful he has been over the past week i said that first game against the ducks was his best game I think this one against the Kings was his best game of the year. He was all over the ice, and you said it. That goal was a thing of beauty. Also, Pat, shout out Magnus Helberg. Really strong game for him overall. Gave up a little bit of a weak one during that game, but overall, his rebound control was solid. His movement was good. He was swallowing pucks really efficiently. Wasn't giving up that much when he would have shots come in on him. Puck handling abilities, eh, a little bit of work in progress, but he's a third-string goalie. I'm not really going to roast him too much for that, but overall... You got what you wanted out of a third string goalie. And as the great Danny Shirey of Breakdowns and Breakaway said on Twitter, any points you can get with your third string goalie in is good. And also, of course, shout out to Danny. His work for his website is incredible. Well, here, here's the thing I want to say about that. And this is not me saying he could challenge for a starting job. So everybody mm-hmm. put, put your pitchforks away. He didn't look like a backup. And you know what I mean? Like you've seen, we've seen it in Pittsburgh for God, a decade now where a backup comes in and you know, it's a backup goalie. He's not terrible, but he's not great. He looks like a guy you're like, Oh, they got to play well in front of them or this could be a problem. I didn't get that feeling watching the condensed game this morning. I was like, okay, like they got a guy back there. Who's capable. Is he going to, is he someone I'm going to trot out for 35, 40 starts a year? Absolutely not. But is he a guy that if I got him in there every 10 or so games, I'm not going to be panicking about it. So especially because, like we've been saying, this is a good L.A. team, very good L.A. team. You know, if this was San Jose and again, I'll I'll, always add the caveat, you win the games you're supposed to win. That's what you do in professional sports. But if it happened against the Sharks, I wouldn't sit here like, oh, you know, maybe we have something in Hellberg. But a good L.A. team, that's that's a very encouraging performance. And shout out to Kyle Dubas for bringing in Helberg and shoring up the Penguins' depth at the goaltending position. Really underrated move during this offseason. And of course, the OT winner from Brian Rust. Love the celebration of the, yep, that's a goal right there. And then Eric, you're hearing Eric Carlson, I believe, was at the side of the net just going crazy before mobbing Brian Rust. 
scores not once but twice in overtime. I thought of that meme where it's like, I'll run it back, run it. I'll do it again. No. I'm not allowed to say that word. Do it again. Yeah, I'll I'll just I'll do it again. But Phoenix Copley there, that was kind of a bad goal that he gave up. I don't really know what he was doing going side to side with the wraparound, but just a really nice goal from Rust after having the first one taken away. And yes, that first one was blatantly offsides. But overall, man, great win by this hockey team. That's three in a row. They're back to 500, just a couple points out of the playoff spot. And they could be going shrieking here if they can potentially take care of business against the Sabres on Saturday. And we'll get to that in just a second. But I love that goal from Rust. Yeah, and, and you can tell this team's starting to find themselves because of the celebration, just because that that was letting the cap off and being like, okay, like mm, we found something here. We're finally rolling. We're finally getting to where we want to be. And we still got a very, very long season ahead of us. Still got a long way to go. We've got all of 80 games to go or not 80 games, 70 games to go. And, but we're starting to see flashes of what we expected this team to be. Are they, are they elite top tier contenders? No, but do they look like a team that's in the mix? Absolutely. Oh yeah. And I try not to get too animated when I watch games from home, but I let out a very audible let's freaking go when that went in. And I probably woke up my girlfriend upstairs. Highly doubt you said, but I I got pretty fired up for that one to say the least. That was a massive win. And the Penguins look to make it four wins in a row when the Buffalo Sabres come to town on Saturday. And yes, I will be at that game with my uncle really excited for it, but We'll preview that game in the final segment. But first, we do have to tell you all about the Jace case. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for that connection we have. And today, I want our chat to be at least, you know, a little bit personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. And you realize what that means? Bring on extended travel, bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your other prescriptions and all that other good stuff. All you have to do is go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. If you or someone you love would like to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am one of your hosts, Hunter Hodes, joined by my co-host, Patrick Dam. So, Penguin Sabres, Saturday night at PPG Paints Arena. The Penguins return home for the first time in over a week. And this should be a fun game. The Penguins won two of three games against the Sabres last year. The Sabres right now, man, in seventh place in the Atlantic Division. Six and six and one, only 13 points. They're only three points up on the Ottawa Senators, who have also been a major disappointment this year. But despite them not being that good just yet, and I predicted them to make the playoffs, this is still a Sabres team that has quite a bit of talent. Casey Middlestat, three goals, 12 points in 13 games. Tage Thompson, who was one of the best goal scorers on the planet, six goals, 11 points in 13 games. Rasmus Dahlin has 11 points. Jeff Skinner has been very good. Alex Tuck. This is a team that has a lot of firepower. But right now, they are a bit weak in net. Devin Levi, who is the big rookie goaltender heading into this year, has played five games but only has an 885 save percentage. He just hasn't been that good. And I know he, I mean, he played well at the end of last season, right? 
But it's a bit different now that you're getting a starter's workload. Hasn't lived up to the billing just yet. I think he's going to continue to hopefully get at least a little bit better because I really like him as a goalie. And I love the thing that he does when he meditates like Qui-Gon Jinn from Star Wars. I have to put a Star Wars reference into the show. But the Sabres team pack, despite not having that good of a start, it's kind of similar to the Penguins in a way. This is still a very dangerous team. You kind of beat me to the punch on this one. They have very similar problems to the Penguins in that they can score, but they cannot stop them. They have they they are right now sitting in an even goal differential. They have uh, they have forty one goals for and forty one goals against. Uh, Devin Levi, like you said, eight eighty five. Uka Pekalukinen, my favorite name in all of hockey, has an eight ninety nine save percentage. Both have given up seventeen goals. And listen, I, I think if you're the Buffalo Sabers, you're not too concerned just yet. Because Devin Levi still young, Michael Lukanen still young, the rest of your roster for the most part still pretty darn young. So these are the growing pains, and I know a lot of people who follow hockey and obsess over hockey the way we do look at this roster and think, "LOL, everyone overrated Buffalo early on." No, they didn't. It's a it's a very young team that has a lot of talent and is going to grow into it. And honestly. Like I said, if Levi or Pekka Lukanen decide to find their game again and become 915, 920 goaltenders, this is a great team. Yes. That's their biggest problem right now. There's a reason coaches and, and GMs and scouts call goaltender the most important position in hockey because, like I've been beating the drum of all season, doesn't matter what system you play, doesn't matter how good your special teams are, if you can't get a save, it doesn't matter. And right now, the Sabres can't get a save. Agreed. And outside of that, I mean, you looked up and down this lineup. Man, this is a, a good forward group. Jeff Skinner has been great, as I said. Tage Thompson. Looks like Matthew Savoy is going to play in this one, one of their other younger players. You have Jordan Greenway, Casey Middlestad, who is finally living up to the hype as well. You have Peyton Krebs, Dylan Cousins, who I didn't even mention has been good. You have Victor Olofsson, who I think is just kind of a power play merchant, in my opinion, at this point. The ageless wonder, Kyle Oposo, who I know you remember him from his Islander days. He used to kill the Penguins back in the day. I still can't believe he's still kicking this well as an NHL player. He's always been a really solid player throughout his career. Well, and he's right where he needs to be right now. Right. He's a fourth He's a fourth line right winger on a younger team. And that's the perfect kind of guy to have on a young team in a depth role. Because while he hasn't gone any on any truly deep runs or one, he's still a guy who has a ton of experience in the league, has seen a lot of franchises go through what the Sabres have gone through. And now that you've got a great core of guys like Tage Thompson, Middlestat, Darlene, Power, Yoki Aharu, and add in guys like Akpozo and Eric Johnson, you've got two really good vets who are going to show these guys the ropes and really push this team to the next tier of, of contender. I agree. No, I, I definitely hear you on that. I mean, defensively, we all know how good Rasmus Dahlin is. He just got a massive extension. So He's good. one of the best defensemen on the planet. Owen Power is going to join him very soon. You have Ryan Johnson, Henry Yoki Har you excuse me, Eric Johnson, Connor Clifton. Not a bad defensive group, that's for sure. And then we already touched on the goalies. But the Penguins doing this one. I want to see more of the same, man. I want to see more of that. I guess, lower event hockey where you're limiting the chances to the outside. The Penguins did a great job of that against LA after doing an excellent job against the Ducks earlier this week. Give me more of that. 
Got to win the special teams battle. Want to see the power play heat up a little bit more. And of course, we, we all know how good the top six was against LA. Give me some more bottom six goals. Continue to make me be quiet when it comes to that. Those are my main keys for really winning this one. And if you can pepper Devin Levi like they did in the preseason game, and I understand preseason is a lot different compared to regular season hockey, but if you can keep peppering him, I do think he could be a bit leaky with the way he has started this season. And also yeah. we'll see what happens, of course, Pat with Tristan Jari. Is he going to be ready to go? His eye is still a bit swollen right now. If not, it'll be Magnus Helberg, but we'll have to see who starts in net for this one. Yeah, just play this game you've been playing for the last two weeks, and I think they'll be successful because, again, this is another young, fast team. Yeah. And that's not to say that the Penguins are a slow team now. They're not. They just don't have the speed they once did. And it's another game where you commit to playing solid defense. I'm not saying become a, go into a defensive shell and play the trap or anything like that, but play all 200 feet, be responsible in the defensive zone, and more importantly, be ready to capitalize on the risks that a young, fast team like Buffalo is going to take because we saw it happen last night. We saw it happen against Anaheim, and we keep coming back to it. We saw it happen against Colorado. Every time they they committed to playing solid defense, they were able to counterpunch on the risks that those teams would take. And when you have a young, offensively talented team like Buffalo come into town, perfect time to do that. Right. And of course, they're able to finish their chances in that game. And we all know how I've been saying for the last three years that I just want this to revert to the mean at some point. But I mean, it I, looks like it's getting to that point. We're sitting here with a plus eight goal differential. They've got 42 goals in 12 games. It's it's making its way back. We're getting there. It's a pro it's a process, people. But overall, I'm seeing legitimate progress with this team right now. I know you are, too. They're back to 500. We'll see if they can get over 500 with a win and make it in a row in this one against the Sabres but that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast thank you all so much for listening to slash watching this one Pat and I will be back with another episode for you all on Monday recapping this game against the Sabres plus getting you all set for the week ahead for the Penguins I believe they have a game against the Blue Jackets next week they go on the road to play them so that should be a lot of fun with how the Jackets are really struggling right now but we'll get you all set for that on Monday but again thank you all so much for tuning in really appreciate it we'll be back on 